0: This podcast is presented by Rabbi Parrots Mutchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rabbi Parrots Podcast. I'm uh, recording here in Brooklyn in Crown Heights, my uh, the mothership where I'm from. I'm here with my good friend, uh, Dimitri Salida. Dima, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's good to talk to you. Good to see you. Not on in Instagram, but live during this very special time of year.
0: Yeah. You know, Pesach is all about freedom. And freedom, I don't think it takes deep imagination to realize, requires some breakthroughs. <laughs> to, to really be free requires you to go through something and to, like, persevere. And you are uh, a fighter and now a promoter. And you've been through uh, quite a bit. You're from Ukraine. So tell me about freedom and Pesach. What goes through your mind when we celebrate Passover?
1: So you bring up very interesting points. And I think freedom at different ages and a different stage of your life means different things and means overcoming different boundaries and different lessons that we learn and different stages that we go through in life. So, yes, I've uh, immigrated to the United States in 1991 from the Soviet Union, which is now Ukraine, from right, Odessa enormous. Soviet Union, former Soviet Union. Odessa, Ukraine, and um, it was uh, uh, quite an interesting journey uh, from 1991 to now. And
0: uh, uh, hey, man, I uh, remember when you when you came on the scene. I re- it was it was partly because oh, there's this young kid and he's getting into Judaism at the same time that he's getting into fighting. And uh, and and I had just taken a couple of my first boxing lessons in star right. Uh, boxing club and I was just enamored with the idea and uh, I met you briefly upstate, but you were already a walking celebrity. you were like, "Oh, who's this guy coming here doing it?" I mean, coming so, into such a new country and in, in such a new environment and having to take on like a, a Jewish mantle, a Star of David, right? That was your mantle, <laughs> Star David Dimitri Salida. Uh, like, I think you have like quite the experience of being a Jew in tough times.
1: <laughs> th- th- thank you. So yeah, I started boxing in 1995 at Star City Boxing Club and. You know, there are different different destinations, different lessons, different journeys that that, uh, that take us through life and teach us many different lessons. So I started boxing uh, at the age of 13 at Stereo City Boxing Club. Coming out of the former Soviet Union, the reason why we came here is because Judaism was not allowed in 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 a, in a traditional setting. But I knew that we were Jews, and that's the reason why we came. And something inside of me, my pintoledid wanting to my my the fire, the fiery Jew inside of me, wanted to know what it means to be a Jew. And initially, I've asked my parents, people in my community, to connect me to to different Jewish outreach programs. And initially, it didn't really work. And then, uh, as the good Lord would have it, at age of fourteen, I got connected to Chabad Lubavitch Rabbi Zaman Liborov. and uh, his uh, his honesty, his passion, his love. Really inspired me and um, and slowly, step by step, I felt that it, w- it was the right path for me and and slowly, step by step, I started to learn, started to grow, I'll take upon myself different commandments, and that intertwined with my boxing career. I uh, came to Rabbi Zaman, met Rabbi Zaman about a year after I was already boxing, and within that initial year. I've already had a significant amount of accomplishments and was very focused and very motivated on my boxing. I saw it as my way out of, uh, of the ghetto that we were in, the ghetto of poverty, the ghetto of being, a, being an immigrant socially, economically, and all the different challenges that you go through as an immigrant. Usually, in the Russian Jewish community, people use education to make it out, so to say. And I come from a traditional Soviet family. My mother was an accountant. My father was an engineer. And I was a good student in school. But somehow boxing was what, what touched me, what inspired me, and what, uh, what I used as my tool to, 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 live, to, live, to, live, to live my purpose.
0: This is, you, you know, you're the like quintessential Jewish story. Like literally leaving Egypt. Yeah, the goal was to go to the Holy Land and be spiritual and uh, holistic. But there were some, there were some fighting on the way. Jews came to America searching for a better life at the turn of the century, and a lot of them had to be boxers to, to, to climb the ranks until they were able to get to where they needed to get to. Like in a way, your story is really as—I mean, I don't know if you were thinking about it then, but it's as Jewish as the story you can get of like creating a life.
1: So you know, I gotta say that that um, sometime in 1997, 1998, there was a. Uh, the Hasidic festival of the books, the books victory. Yeah. And Rabbi Zaman gave me a set of t- t- lessons in Tanya. And I, and I just started reading it. And th- throughout life and throughout different stages of your life, you learn the Tanya and it has different meaning and different depths to it. Um, so, you know, there's, we're told that we have a good side and we have a our animalistic side, which can be used for the good. And... Sometimes we have positive thoughts. Other times we have thoughts that challenge us that are not so positive and not not directly connected to prayer or to Judaism or to eating kosher, but just about yourself, just about your own journey and about your own identity. So, you know, through my, when I I started boxing at the Stereo City Boxing Club, which at that time was one of the most elite gyms. In the country really in the world that produced so many great fighters so many great champions that are still active today olympians world champions golden Glove champions it was a very talent packed environment and what it wasn't uh you know 24-hour fitness it was real kids and adults and teenagers that really wanted to be champions and it was it was you know by a very strong and very strict process of elimination because it was a very very competitive atmosphere you know, in the summer we had no air conditioning, in the winter we had no heat, and it was in a basement uh, of a stairs of a parking garage in St. City. So, when you get in the ring, and you know, I was uh, I communicate with all communities and feel welcome, and 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 share many different uh, interests. Uh, but I was I was a minority in St. City Boxing Club. I was a Jewish Russian white kid, uh, which was very different. And you know, and when you get in the, when you part of boxing training is sparring, when you box with somebody, and uh, you know, being that I was so different, um, I uh, those sparring sessions, and certainly initially, but really throughout my whole journey, were very intense. You know, part of it because of the fighters were so good and so competitive, but I think initially it was also because of you know because of who I was, because I was so different, and like you know, and I and and in a sense, in many people's minds, I didn't belong to be there. You know. Uh, and from, from very early on, from really my first boxing experiences, you know, I boxed with kids that were national champions, junior Olympic champions, you know, really much more experienced than I was. And uh, that intensity helps you, helped me establish my own spirituality, helped me talk to myself, find myself, connect to God, and again, these 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 things happen. It's a process. And it happens to different stages and in different, you know, in in, in different ways. But uh, you know, and my trainer used to say to me, "When you get in the ring, it's just you, your opponent, and God." And uh, isn't 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 that the right advice? Isn't that the truth? That is the truth. Yes.
0: How much of uh, of um of that perseverance do you find coming back to help you now as a promoter and you know as a dad and you know in, in life? Because I find uh, that. That whatever I went through as a kid, which I used to start with, like, oh, that was too hard, or I wish I had more of that or less of that. I find now that whatever I had to overcome is really comes back to really help me now that gives me the confidence to go at it. Or whether it was the spiritual training I received in my yeshiva, like I thought when I was younger, like, oh, I just have to go through this. But when I hit the real world, who says it's going to help me? And turns out this is the most dynamic things. For example, recently somebody was like, you know, I envy you because during your formative years you went through spiritual training whereas so many people they get adults they start their spiritual training and they have to like come up with a whole new system to figure it out and uh so what 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 parts really stick out for you like what what do you really use so so
1: i do want to talk to you about that yeah and it's and what you bring up is very interesting and very important because i do think that formative years are so important because they 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 really give you the foundation for for uh For the future, for the rest of your life, hopefully. And, you know, at first, when I started to become more religious, and people used to say, you know, some religious people, they don't teach their kids, you know, English secular studies until they're like eight, nine years old. And to me, that was like, wow, it was like shocking. It was like, man, there's no way. How could that be, you know? But now, as I'm a little bit older and I have a different vision of life, I understand there's a lot of benefits to that because. Things that you learn when you're six, seven, eight years old, just in terms of secular and worldly studies, it's not it's, you know, it's not it's not rocket science, you'll catch up. But the foundation of who you are, of the things that are important, of morality, of what's right, of what's wrong, of that's very important. And, and when it's given with love and with respect, and when a teacher is connected to to it feels that it's it's his mission to give over the right lessons, it's so important. And I feel that 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 uh, those lessons uh, inspire you and 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 go on with you for the rest of your life. So, although a little bit later, I yeah. was very lucky to to come across Rabbi Zama Librov, who was a very passionate, loving, and truthful man. And uh, you know, that was my those were my you know people say I didn't go to yeshiva, I went to public school, but I you know I went to to the school of Chabad of Lubavitch, uh, Rabbi Zama Librov's. Uh,
0: School of spiritual Sh- talks.
1: Shabb- Shabbos, uh, Shabbos uh, talks about uh, the weekly Parsha and the Rebbe and feel very connected to the Rebbe because of Rabbi Zalman. I really have to give him all the credit for forming that, re- for forming that very important connection uh, with Judaism so early on.
0: Well, the Rebbe used to say that you're not the age of your passport. And part of his teaching was that, that part of Jewish, for example, let's take the Jewish people, they leave Egypt. The truth is, they weren't working on their education just yet. When they left Egypt, they were working on their connection. The matza concept was that they ate matzah, was that they remove your ego to build up a stronger one and a, and a healthier one and a more confident one. So the truth is, anybody at any age could really do that. And what I take from your words, which I think is pretty brilliant, is maybe stop for a minute educating yourself on your business practices and and your and your and your success for a minute and spend some time working on like can I be an extremely ethical and moral person for a certain amount of time? Can I tap into a spiritual culture, my own spiritual culture for a while? I mean, In other words, rebuild yourself because you can catch up on best business practices and on, and on, and on best, uh, best, best ways to be successful. I mean, just between books and YouTube and self-help, there's unbelievable resources. That stuff will be there, but at some point we gotta stop what we're doing in our life and just focus on like my own spiritual journey Am I seeing the bigger picture of my life? Do I trust that things are going to work out? And I feel as Jews, we're lucky because we have these ancestral truth and trust to work with. Like so many Jews celebrate Passover, not necessarily believers, but it's more about like, oh, it's our tradition. What if you just take it to the next step? And it's not more than your tradition. It's it's a time where you redevelop a sense of trust that things are going to work out ultimately if we see them working out, if we see the grand picture. So I resonate with what you're saying very deeply.
1: So you know, it, as as you mentioned in the beginning of this interview, and uh, you know, coming out of the Soviet Union is kind of kind of like coming out of Egypt. And certainly, the Jews in the Soviet Union, like the Jews in Egypt, did not know much about Judaism because it was it was um, beat out of them really for so many generations. I oh, like
0: Egypt. One really thing, the same thing,
1: one thing that I remember, the only thing that I remember in terms of Jewish observance was that. My father on Passover used to tell me the story of Passover to, to, to the best of his ability. And somehow he used to buy matzas. So I remember that like this year, Easter and Passover fall on the same the same days. So similarly, it's you know it's a week a week apart. And the tradition in Odessa was that you had Easter eggs, so, so Easter eggs and, and kind of like bun cake. So our neighbors would have Easter eggs and bun cake, and my father would buy matzas. And I was and I would ask my father, And he would tell me the story, in a nutshell, that Jews were slaves in Egypt and we had to get out. We didn't have time to bake bread, so we had to make matzah. And that's why, you know, that's why we eat to commemorate that time. And, you know, shortly after hearing that story, we left, you know, the Soviet Union to come to the United States.
0: And you went through your own transformation of leaving Egypt. Definitely. Wow. So uh, we're both, uh, we both just turned 40. Uh, my project of forty. I know you don't. People, I don't advertise it, man. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't care. I, I'm just for kidding. Me, for me, it's so it's such a badge of honor. Number one, uh, just the fact that I don't take for granted that we have this incredible life expectancy. We not too long ago, people forty was like they were over the hill. Here, it's like now I have a chance to transform myself as an adult. Like I had my youth, and now I look for the next forty years as like being its own transformation. And maybe, maybe by then there'll be a third segment of 40 years. But for now, I look at it like 40 represents Bina, which is about integration, and integration means taking out your experiences and your knowledge and your wisdom, and like utilizing it to build something new. And I notice that you're really building a new, a new, um, a new uh, practice of uh, as a, as a not only for your own health, but for your the way you're mentoring others now as a, as a promoter. And uh, what, what, type of, what, type of, uh, what part of like your Jewish ancestors, like how does that share? Because I see like you, you have fighters that you promote that are not Jewish that are from many different communities. Like what, what type of things do you share with them? What inspires them? And what inspires you to share with them?
1: So, so first of all, you know, uh, as a professional athlete, you, when you retire, you're still pretty young in the world. yeah And one day you have to wake up and, and figure out what you're doing for the rest of your life. Because, because you're still young. You know, late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, and, and you have to you have to find meaning and find and find uh, uh, worth in what you're doing and, and and enjoy what you do. So I was very blessed to transfer into the promotional business while I was still fighting, and I towards the end of my career promoted some of my own fights. <laughs> and um, uh, well, and very lucky that, that we have grown t- to the level that we're at and promoting some of the best fighters in the world, like Clarissa Shields, Otto Whelan, Jarel Miller, Shorja Khan Gashev, and the list goes on. Certainly, you know, many of the same tools and the same desires that I had as a fighter, uh, you know, is what, is what motivates me now as a promoter. I do not promote any Jewish fighters, but... Um, my lessons as a Jew, you know, in business and in life certainly transcend and uh, are incorporated into what I do as a promoter. Yeah. It's a different type of relationship. It's a different type of business because it's not really, you know, promotional business is not about me. I'm not fighting anymore. It's about the fighters that I represent. And, you know, I, I did it for a long time at a high level, really at every level as a fighter from amateur boxing, as a kid, you know, through professional ranks. And uh, not to be involved with the with business side of boxing and meeting some of many of the individuals that I knew as a fighter uh, is really very special and, 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 um, and personal for me. And I really enjoy the process. Uh, and I really love what I do and, and wake up every day looking forward to, 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 to what I have to do. Although, you know, obviously, like in every business, there are challenges and some days you have good days, some days you have challenging days. But overall, I got to say, I'm very blessed because I feel that it's my mission and and at this stage of my life, and I feel very fulfilled uh, in doing it. I
0: thank you for sharing that. I mean, I mean, feeling fulfilled is, is, um, I think, requires a little bit of removing yourself from the equation sometimes, you know, because when you're totally hyper focused on yourself, um, it's hard to feel fulfilled sometimes where we beat ourselves up the most. But when you're fulfilled, when you're focused on like, lifting others and, and like, and like using your skills and your, and your experience, it stops being about you. And you could feel fulfilled by like how you you're using your energy. Uh, yesterday I was taking my kids to a museum and it was all about like how light there's the part of light we see. And then there's all the parts of light that we don't see. We only can, we only can explain, you know, the waves and particles, the, of light based on what we experience. But what we don't experience ultimately becomes electricity, what we what we utilize and harness. Right. And I was telling them it's a metaphor for all of life. If you only you know apply yourself to what you see, then you become one-dimensional. But if you realize that what you're seeing is actually layers and layers and layers of energy, then you find that that's what spirituality is. Spirituality is really just seeing as many layers as you can to everything happening. Perhaps it's even the best definition of spirituality is seeing something outside of what you see trying to, you know, open your mind to that. And that's that's the that's the biggest, biggest uh, when I eat matzah, Passover, it's all coming in my head now, is it's all about opening, I close my eyes and I do a meditation on the eating. And most years I don't get to do it, I lead a big Seder. This is the first time I spent Seder with my family since I'm 16 years old. And I had the opportunity, because my dad's there and other people are like contributing to my kids to actually meditate on the matzah. And what I saw this year was like, the matzah was like psychedelic bread. <laughs> it was like, it's not the matzah itself. I'm eating essentially the same tool that the people before me. So we're in a modern time and we're doing different things. But you realize that the main things that give us the, the, the guts to persevere and overcome are all the people before us that have to find within them the same spirituality. And let alone coming from Russia, how many people right now in Ukraine are searching for spirituality to, to overcome their obstacles and in Russia and all over the world, So this is really a very timely, I think, conversation about about finding a new dimension within what you see in the world.
1: Well, you bring up a very important aspect of life, which is intent. You could just eat matzah and just eat it as a tradition, as commemorating a tradition, and there's so many different deeper levels. Once you know what the holiday is about, once you know what matzah represents, and there's so many different levels to it, and you connect to Judaism, to your work, to this interview, to so all the things that you do in a different way once you have intent and obviously something that I try to work on every day and it's a forever growing process but uh, you know intent in life is so important and I do believe in in, in the es- in the in the truthful essence however much of it you want to digest is up to you but I do believe in 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 whatever amount of water you want to drink that you drink it from the right source
0: so tell me about this how do you spot authenticity because i think people are cynical about finding real people they're afraid that if i meet somebody and it, it could be just a show and a charade so how do you how do you learn to develop to connect with with real people especially in your industry where people are really i don't it's no better way to say it. they're fighting to make a name for themselves to build their careers and uh, and to find it how would you how do you, how do you um sell to to a young fighter not just that you're authentic forget that but how do you find real connections and real relationships
1: so I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not looking for that. I know who I am, and I'm in a boxing business, and I look to find the best talent, the most meaningful fighters that I feel have the best future, and I make and and I want them to reach a little bit beyond their potential. I'll tell you a story. One of the fighters that I work with, they're all great, but something that I'm one of the things that I'm most proud of is Clarissa Shields, who's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, the only man or woman in, in the history of the United States to win two Olympic gold medals. She is. The, in boxing. In boxing, yeah. yeah. She's the undisputed middleweight world champion, undisputed junior middleweight world champion. Uh, and she's getting ready to fight Savannah Marshall in, in the biggest fight in women's boxing history. One of the biggest sporting events of 2022. And I think of, of, uh, of this decade, really. Because it's going to take women's sports. Not only women's boxing, women's sports to the next level. Clarissa is someone that grew up in Flint, Michigan. One of the most challenged places in the United States of America. Came from a, had a tough upbringing, had a tough childhood, and made a choice every single day since she was 10, 11, 12 years old, to go to the gym, to stay away from all the different challenging surroundings that, that tempted her every single day. And she had a vision to be a champion before women's boxing was even anything, before it was an industry. And she became an Olympic gold medalist one time, didn't get the respect that she deserved. Went on to be successful, then won a second Olympic gold medal. And I read about Clarissa every Friday. I buy the Wall Street Journal to read with my sharpest coffee.
0: Nice.
1: And sometime in 2016, I bought the Wall Street Journal. And there was a small mention of Clarissa Shields. And I, every Olympic Games, there's a bunch of new stars that come into the sport of boxing. And to me, when I read Clarissa's story, it was the time when Hillary Clinton was running for president. And you know, in our society, women empowerment and all the different initiatives for women are happening now. And I read Clarissa's story and recognized some of the great things that are happening in our culture. And I said, "Man, this is she is the hottest fighter coming out of the uh, out of the Olympics." And didn't know at that point that she would win the Olympic second Olympic gold medal, and then she won. And then I was lucky enough. Um, by the good will of the Lord, to connect with her and sign her, and um, we've been together for um, five years now, and have made many historic, rather her historic steps. Here you go um, in boxing and, and, and the sports, and uh, I feel very fulfilled because Clarissa has done things that that uh, have taken culture and have taken um, you know sports uh, to the next level.
0: That's amazing. Uh, so I take from that a couple of things. Number one, uh, it takes one to know one. The more you work on yourself, the more you'll notice what's going on with other people. Because ultimately, uh, her story that spoke to you was the similar part of your own. Like you, there are sacrifices along the way to stick to your path. So it takes one to know one, and that's perhaps why why uh, you are successful in this in this type of industry. Because I think I think more and more, it, it, as as identified by today women making breakthroughs in sports or or in general uh, these breakthroughs are to me spiritual breakthroughs it's it's the it's the individual changing the way they see themselves and saying I I'm not going to let society or myself put limits on what I'm going to do I'm gonna go for it the whole way and that's really I think the next the next the next phase for us uh, with building technology and with connecting to people all over the world and with uh, the seeds of, of a global interconnective space, it really requires more and more than ever to be really confident about yourself, and I think today the language is updated. Where it used to be, I'd say to somebody who's secular, like, "Oh, you should check out your roots," and they'd be like, "No, that stuff holds me back." And today, today I'm like, "Well, actually, your ancestral traumas are enabling you to like to like push you to the next level, and allows people to tap in." And here's somebody who could have went with the modern thing for her to do was to get sidetracked. The uh, ancestral thing for her to do was to stay focused and be like, no, I'm building something and I'm connecting with that. So I, I resonate with that deeply, especially because it's essentially women, especially in Judaism, it's women who 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 hold the sacred key to who we are. And uh and it requires it requires a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of change. And you're a very thought-provoking guy because this whole journey you're describing about your life is one of deep thought and spirituality. It's not one of happenstance and Luck, and I'm sure there was a lot of things that came along the way. Talk to right? me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's clearly uh, if you if you're feeling at all like it's not, it's because it is. Uh, same for myself. I literally was walking up here. I love Crown Heights. When I, I gotta visit. say
1: that. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> Let's see your your Chabad education is coming through because you're able to see the good in people and able to lift them up to the next level through 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 your teachings, which are truth and honest, and it's really an incredible things. So. Thank you for recognizing it and for making me uh, an, an inch solo today. <laughs> Thanks, brother.
0: Well, you know, let's let's give some credit. As I was wa- literally, as I was walking here, some dude walks by and he goes, Parrots, is that you? I haven't seen you in many, many years. I'm like, yeah, it's me. Nice to see you. He goes, I want you to know that all the time I bump into random people. And whenever I, I one, like, literally once a year for the last 10 years, I meet somebody who's like, I'm like, who are you? He's like, well, uh, I met through Parrots. And I'm just like – and he's like, don't and, – and you know what? I kind of needed the pick-me-up because as I was walking here in Crown Heights, sometimes I don't feel as connected because I haven't been here. I haven't lived here many years. So somebody lifted me up as I'm walking in. Not that I needed a lift-up. I was already pumped to come see you. But uh, so it's really a currency that we share with one another. When you lift yourself up as somebody lifts you up and you push it along, you don't realize like this is – everybody's getting lifted by this experience. And uh, yeah, so listen, dude, I wanted to thank you for for making the time for me. Uh, it's awesome to hang with you and to spend some uh, Pesach moments with you and and sharing your story. I know everybody listening over here is going to be looking you up immediately afterwards. Uh, what's the best place to to, so to see what's going on and to follow, uh, follow your promotional uh, journey?
1: So to the folks listening, I got to say, we met many years ago. I visited you in San Francisco, yep. and you were gracious enough to take me to one of the best coffee places right. in San Francisco that I still remember. <laughs> Incredible! So when I go back, uh, I, I, I be sure to hit it up. So and I just we reconnected because of I saw you on Instagram uh, through a, through a, a common friend of ours, John Beer, who you've interviewed. And uh, after that, I saw that you interviewed some very interesting people, and I'm a fan of your podcast. Thanks, and Brandon. I'm very honored to join that very talented group of people who've, uh, uh, who've been on your, on your, on your, on your, uh, podcast. So folks can, uh, follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, all the social media platforms. Yeah, they'll
0: see uh, a little sparring with John Fury, the, the world champion. Uh, so Tyson, Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury see? John Fury is his father, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to John beer, who, uh, who uh, you know uh, reconnected us through social media? Yeah, just not knowing, of, see. Yeah,
1: that's right. So in in I believe in Sherpa It says that through through good people, good things happen. That's right. That's so, the
0: message today.
1: So John, not even knowing it, is such a great thing. And I saw you in 770 a couple of months ago. That's right. And uh, which sparked the conversation and and our meeting here today. That's right. Well, this is the beginning of something awesome,
0: and. Uh, yeah, happy rest of Pesach and Passover Thank you. to and, you as well. uh, Look forward to being in touch, brother.
1: By course, thanks man.